0: And today we're happy to have as our guest Hope Muralis. And Hope is a wedding officiant, a yoga teacher, and has a program called Zen Bride, which we're going to find all out about all of that. Welcome, Hope. Glad to have hey you. Hey there, here.
1: Tom. Lovely to be here. So, so, so,
0: so it was a very simple question say. to you is: How do you put all these three things together?
1: Um, delicately and with an open heart. Uh, so I, I, came into my, I came into my practice first as a wedding officiant. A friend of mine asked me to officiate her wedding. Uh, and after a few times of saying no, I eventually agreed and uh, stepped into what I really truly feel is my calling. Uh, the couple, unfortunately, were having some uh, relationship issues that I didn't know about until the day of their wedding. So I had to truly step in and at least be there for them as they figured out what their next steps could be. So-
0: How soon before the vows were given did they figure out where they were?
1: Well, it was the same day. And (laughs) uh, I actually uh, paused their wedding for about an hour so they could have an open dialogue. Uh, But it caused me to realize that that can happen, <laughs> most weddings <laughs> have a timeline. Just happened to be that this particular wedding was informal, there was really no timing. We did it on a beach in Northern California and uh, I was able to pause and say to the small group that gathered, hey, you know what? We're gonna take a pause for just a moment Uh, The couple has a conversation that they need to have. And, you know, I'll grab all of you when we need you to go down to the beach. Um, So it took about an hour for them to have a conversation. And uh, once they were done, because I wasn't in the conversation with them, I kind of gave them some guidance to have the conversation. Because at that time, I certainly wasn't practiced you know at assisting them in any way other than the fact that i knew that i needed to do something to really guide them and support them in some way you know i yeah, was a very, friend
0: yeah very brave of you out.
1: it was a little brave of me it was a little courageous and you know equally crazy
0: indeed indeed did you have any background i mean you started you, you said no to being efficient but when you Finally said, "Yes. What would you have a background in being an efficient or, or no. knowing how to do this or
1: not at all? Not at all. I mean, I came to this world uh, from the from the world of uh, the performing arts. So I ran a theater company. I was teaching acting and dance to kids and adults. Uh, it's something that I've always done in terms of teaching, uh, but I've also always been an entrepreneur as well as." I've always been the person that people come to for advice or just for me to listen. So it was kind of an easy way for me to step into this calling. So once I performed that ceremony and realized like there was something very, very powerful there that I did not know existed. Uh, And even my friends were like, wow, we didn't know you, like we knew you were gonna be good at this, but we didn't know you were gonna be that good. And it just caused me to say, okay, do I need to reevaluate where I am and what I do? And then once that came back as a resounding yes, I said, okay, if couples have you know, issues or challenges in their relationship, I need to know that before their wedding day.
0: It'd be good if they knew that before their wedding day too.
1: Well, yes, and also just to give them that opportunity and create a space for them to say hi. Is there anything we need to talk about? How is the relationship going? Do you, need to, do you need some guidance to talk through issues or do you just need permission to do it on your own? So as I was transitioning out of the world of performing arts and stepping into this new officiant role, I also then created a premarital counseling program just in case any of my couples really truly needed that guidance and now I have a format to actually do that.
0: Is that the thing that is called Zen Bride?
1: No, that's actually an offshoot. So in, oh, okay. one, of my, in one of my early sessions with a couple, I was listening to the bride, it was, it's a, it was a heterosexual couple, and the bride was you know, talking through a lot of anxieties that she was personally going through. And as she was talking about them, I noticed her fiance, her husband-to-be, growing more and more concerned. Just because he thought that all of the things that were a concern of hers were a problem or you know, there was something that he needed to do or he was causing these in some way. And it was very clear to me that these were very particular just to her. And I found it, the more I was working with couples, the more that I heard it coming from the bridal side, from from usually the side of the, the female in the relationship, that there were just some concerns that they were having as women coming into a partnership.
0: Yes. And it's often the cases I've experienced over the years that women have more intuition, more awareness, more willingness to speak about these issues so that you might hear that first from the woman. Yes.
1: Yes. But there's also a little bit more confusion in terms of like, what should I be feeling? And it, it comes down to these ideas about roles in the relationship. Uh, and especially with some of the women that I was working with early in my practice were very strong feminists. And they were having this huge disconnect of how can I be a strong woman and also be in this partnership with a man. It also was talking about you know taking the name of my partner. Do I feel like I'm giving up anything if I release my name?
0: Well, let me ask you about that for a second, because I've been married now for a second marriage, I will admit that, uh, and it's going to be 30 years, uh, no, it's 29 years this year, and then 30 coming up. Congratulations. Uh, and my wife, thank you, and my wife, who, who also was an actress, by the way, and a former, chose to keep her name, her, her maiden name. I did not find that problematic. I don't know what other people do. Uh, what has your experience been with that in terms of when someone, well, the lot of people you're talking to, do they give, usually take the name of the, of the male if it's a male-female situation?
1: It's really mixed. I mean, I think now it's it's not as important that sometimes, especially if a couple is getting married uh, later in life, that they have their uh, their own identity, they have their own uh Professional career with that name, and right. they want to keep it for for those reasons. Um, you know, other brides I find are more traditional, and they're saying no. You know, this is what is this is what has been done, and this is what I would like to do. Um, I've also seen some of the men in a heterosexual relationships say, "You know what? No, this is the way it's done, and when we marry, you will take my name."
0: Right. Um, right.
1: I've also seen it with, I want to make sure that we have the same last name for our children. So there is no confusion, um, you know, because I also have seen couples that have hyphenated names already.
0: And yes, then well, it
1: just gets the, more and more complicated with more and more hyphens.
0: You got four hyphens in here and you don't know who to call or what. Yes, it can, it's very, today it's a, it's a bit more confusing you know, than sticking to the quote traditional, but it is a time to have choices, to make choices. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of the times, um, how are you experiencing this time in the pandemic? I mean, obviously you're not in, in personal touch, you can't be in the space with people, but other than that, how are you experiencing this?
1: I mean, it's been very interesting, especially early in the pandemic, there was so much unknown The, you know, the world shut down and, you know, all of the couples that I was working with, either from the wedding side or from the counseling side, um, kind of took a pause just because we didn't know how our lives were working. We didn't know how we were getting toilet paper. We didn't know how our careers were going and what challenges may happen from that. So most everyone that I was working with at the time kind of took a pause just to take a breath to go, what's happening, what do we need? What's allowed, what's not allowed? What do I need for my life? And what what can wait? So weddings pretty much all went on pause. There was one very early on that a couple needed to get legally married Uh, for some government paperwork. Uh, It was an odd experience. They came to my building. It was the first time that we were actually in masks, you Mm -hmm. know, in the lobby of my building. Uh, And after that wedding, things kind of went on pause for a while. Um, Thankfully, the governor here in New York allowed for video weddings or virtual weddings. So once those came online, uh, we were able to shift a bit and then were able to perform legal ceremonies or some more uh, you know, more complex true wedding ceremonies online in a very safe way.
0: That's interesting because what I'm hearing, which I had never thought of before, is that it was not okay or illegal in the beginning to do online weddings?
1: Oh, no, no. I mean, and we're not even sure if it's going to continue the clerk's office in new york city shut down because it was unsafe yes open of course um so the way that the marriage license process works is the couple needs to go in in person and get their marriage license a hard copy of a document and then we would sign it in person uh you know on the date of the wedding so the clerk's office you know, figured out the logistics of doing that online, but they did not continue. And they didn't figure out a way to actually do the ceremony as well. So even now the clerk's office is still closed. Couples in New York City go through what's called Project Cupid. They get their marriage license electronically, a PDF version and right. then uh, they have to then hire their own officiant to either uh, do a virtual wedding or print their license out. And uh, we would do an in-person ceremony or an in-person legal signing.
0: Right, That's, it's amazing because did you, so many things have changed and so many things have come up like this that you never think about that it's caused, this, this uh, pandemic has caused. Today, do you do you online? Is that you've been experiencing a number of online weddings?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once we were allowed to do it uh, starting at the end of April, beginning of May of 2020, uh, and people understood that it could happen. Right. And that it can still be a very joyous experience. And relatives and family and friends can gather from all over the world on a Zoom call or on another platform, it's really been a joyous experience in a way that people can still travel and can still be there for this monumental moment, even though it's simple or quick.
0: Yes, well, that's interesting because yes, one of the things we've all noticed is how we're in touch with people far, far away that we wouldn't have been because of the travel requirements and now, we can zoom it and, or some other form and we can be there. I can imagine that being very lovely for people, grandparents and such, coming to a wedding uh, that they otherwise would not be able to get to.
1: Yeah. And then it's also, you, you know, people are using the form more. I mean, because a lot of times on Zoom calls, you only see a limited portion of the body. Right. I have had a couple saying, you know what, we're going to have a pants optional ceremony.
0: (laughs) That's funny. I love it. I love it.
1: So it's really playing with those, playing with that form or, you know, getting really good at the platform of Zoom and doing, you know, sharing screens and having slideshows like you would at a wedding reception. So people have got very creative.
0: Yes, to being creative, you could also bring in you know, your best man or whatever on his Zoom lines, doing the speech and all of those things. That could be very interesting, fascinating. Indeed, indeed. Uh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that that's being done. I did, it's, again, it's one of those things you don't think about unless you're in the process of getting married or having a child that's getting married. And you think about well, how that's going to be.
1: Yeah. And I found a lot of my couples from last year, because they couldn't gather with the large group that they wanted to, moved their wedding to 2021 or 2022, but said, you know what, we still want to get legally married, either on our original date, or at least this year for, you know, for either reasons of health insurance or Uh, or, you know, some type of financial security, or just, we want to be married already. Just to
0: be married, yes, to actually be married.
1: I've done a a lot of legal signings, or just weddings, either virtually or on hotel rooftops, uh, and then planning larger weddings when it's safe to do so.
0: It's all fascinating. Let me ask you now for a minute about yoga. How does yoga work in your plan? So as I was getting ordained,
1: I am teaching yoga. So as I was getting ordained uh, as a minister to be able to legally perform wedding ceremonies, I just happened to also be getting my yoga certification. So uh, the second- The second couple that I officiated their wedding, um, they knew that I was a yoga teacher and they said, you know, Hope, wouldn't it be nice if you taught a yoga class the morning of the wedding before we all got ready and dressed for the day?
0: What a wonderful idea.
1: Totally wonderful idea. I would never have thought of it. And I said, absolutely, I would love to do that. I think it would be a lot of fun. And then another smart friend of mine, kind of put all of the pieces together for me. She's like, hope oh, you, you officiate, you have this premarital counseling program and now you have this yoga. So why don't you do all three and have your practice you know, be holistic in that way as kind of like a heart, uh, mind and body experience? And I was like, huh, you know what? That's pretty smart. And I don't know if, again, I would have thought about it on my own, but it makes sense based on, the you know the skills and the strengths that i have to make this a practice uh that's a little bit more holistic and and full
0: that's wonderful it seems to add a lot to the experience for everybody yeah and, and there also is that fact that yoga is at least my experience of it and i think most people is it's relaxing and in the morning of the wedding you can really use some relaxing
1: Absolutely. It's, it's kind of lovely. You know, the, the, the wedding yoga that I have done um, is usually with the bride and her bridesmaids. Right. And it's, it's uh, a, a real grounding experience to start the day that way. And, you know, we breathe and we laugh and, you know, we do some yoga poses because everyone is usually at a different, um, you know, at a different level. And I want to make sure to include everyone. Uh, But yeah, it's usually, you know, a focused and a grounding practice. Um, I did officiate the ceremony of um, these uh, two men from Florida a few years ago that wanted to do yoga in Central Park (laughs) uh, in New York City with um, their entire bridal party, their entire um, wedding party. Uh, And they wanted a workout. They wanted (laughs) to really sweat. So I said, great, let's do that. So I really led a really challenging yoga class for for them and their their closest friends. And then we got nice and sweaty. And then I sent everybody back to their hotel. I went home, got changed and met them back in Central Park to perform their ceremony later in the day.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. What a fascinating combination. And I think it's a great idea for people as a marketing package I know you didn't put it together for that per se, but it's a great marketing package too. You can offer more than just officiating.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times things are, are pretty separate, but uh, those that you know, do understand and do enjoy all three of those, really, we go on a journey together. Yes.
0: Well, I also think that there's a certain intimacy that you develop with, with your couple when you do some counseling beforehand, when you get to know them. I mean, a lot of times, I, I don't know if this is true, if people have officiants who they don't really know or who don't really know them. But I found it in my marriage, this, this marriage, that the person who was the officiant was a teacher of mine who, was a, 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 who, who I've known for a number of years and who knew me and knew my bride-to-be. And so that when she did this officiating, it, was, it felt more intimate and more uh, that somebody who's doing this knew who we were. And I imagine that's what they feel with you too, with all that you have to offer.
1: I mean, when I am in a counseling session and I know that I'm also officiating the wedding, I do take notes differently because there right. may be something that each of the pair say that kind of sparks something to go, ooh, that may be a good vow. Right. Or, Know, this experience may be a good story to tell or a good anecdote to tell. Or, you know, when we start to get to the ceremony, I want to bring this back up. So we may be able to dig a little bit deeper. So there may be something here to share or use this in order to celebrate. Uh, I mean, especially because in counseling, we do talk through a lot of big issues. I like to call them the big issues. So especially... You know, when we're talking about family relationships, there may be something that is helpful in honoring family members or honoring cultural traditions or religious traditions.
0: Obviously, yes. That brings up an interesting thought that because you're doing this virtually, it's possible to imagine that certain parents, in-laws and so forth can be at the wedding who might not have been comfortable together in person that there might be an opportunity to bring in more diverse people to a place that they otherwise might not have been comfortable coming to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty brilliant. I mean, I've done super early in the morning ceremonies because we have to deal with time differences.
0: Zones. Yes.
1: um, All around the world. I mean, it's very funny. I just spoke with a couple yesterday. They're like, how early in the morning could you go? And I'm like, well, how early early in the morning do you want? I was like, please don't say six thirty. Please don't say six <laughs> thirty. Uh, but they're like, is eight thirty okay? Uh, because a lot of the family uh, uh, is in Russia, oh. so it's you know, you know, I've been doing a lot of um, Hindu weddings lately, where a lot of the family is in uh, is in um, uh, India, or a lot of the Asian weddings. You know the time difference is you know is very different, and I'm always very um, uh, taken aback when even if it's super early in the morning for them or late at night for them, that a lot of these family members still get dressed up and look real good, right. um, even if they're on uh, on a, a virtual platform.
0: Yes, well, why not? I mean. That's nice. I mean, you could. I can imagine having a Halloween party. Maybe people already did this. This last Halloween, all dressed up, but on Zoom.
1: <laughs> yes, it was. I did. It was. Uh, I was so proud of this couple. They did dress up as um, the Bride of Frankenstein. Ah, you know, wonderful. At Frankenstein. It was gorgeous, and they were hilarious, and uh, and it was very joyous. And they didn't tell anybody. Actually, they just said we're having a little Halloween gathering.
0: That's lovely. What um I, I, you sound like you had so many different wonderful uh, situations. Is there any one that you'd like to tell us how it was, it was special? That was unusual. I mean, they're all sound unusual, but anything that really comes to mind that this was the most amazing or unusual one.
1: Oh gosh, that's not fair. It's no, like, I know it's you know, not fair. Being a favorite child. I mean, well, <laughs> don't
0: we not tell anybody you said this, or so you don't have to name names.
1: <laughs> um you know, I I think, you know, there's two that are coming in, in in that. Um, One is that uh, a few years ago, I did a Methodist and Hindu fusion wedding, where I I was able to take two very different cultures and find a way to, uh, to mix them together in a really beautiful and graceful way, making sure that there was respect and honor to each of the cultures, each of the religions, um, and find a way to really meld them together in a, in a lovely way. Uh, and That's beautiful. It was gorgeous. And then the, the passion of each of the family members that came up to me afterwards, you know, either saying that you know, the things that I did correctly And the things that I did incorrectly. And then I had to kind of fight them a little bit to say, please do not think that I didn't understand the tradition, especially from the Hindu side. You know, we decided to play. The couple wanted to play a little bit with the tradition. We had a little bit of leeway because we were doing something new. Right. So, yes, I'm very well aware of how the tradition is supposed to go. But the couple wanted to do it this way and this was the couple ceremony.
0: Yes, in the end, it's their ceremony. It's like when we had our our wedding uh, 20, 20, almost 30 years ago, we had no liquor, and that was our choice. And there were some guests who were not thrilled with that. And they said, well, there's a bar across the street you can go to if you need to have a drink. But it is the wedding of the people getting married.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then the, the other thought that came to me was um, my first ceremony uh, in person uh, during the pandemic. It mm. was kind of a, uh, an odd day, you know, my first time getting back on the subway in a few, you know, after a, a few months right. of our lockdown here in New York, uh, going into Central Park for the first time in a few months, because again, it was the, you know the winter time and I wasn't doing a lot of weddings uh, in, uh, in in person, uh, outdoors in January, right. February, or March, uh, that the quietness of Central Park was kind of uh, a solemn place. Uh, and just the fact that we could get together and do it in a safe way, you know, in our physically distant, socially distant Way with masks on that it felt possible. It was the first day for me personally that I said, okay, I think we can finally leave our houses in a safe way when we feel comfortable. Right. And I, you know, I feel that I'm able to do this as long as I talk through it with the couples just to make sure that we're all on the same page. We all feel like we can do this safely. And we can still feel that joy and still feel that celebration and celebrate together in a, in a safe and joyous way.
0: Well, all of these stories are marvelous. And I think the couples are very lucky to have you to be doing all of this for them. I think mm. that's just great, which brings me to the point because we're almost out of time here. This is going so beautiful. I'd like to speak for another couple of hours, but I think we have to stop. Uh, If someone who else is enjoying this as much as I am and would like to talk to you and find out more about this, uh, what is the best way for them to reach you? How would you like them?
1: best way is always uh, heading to my website, which is perfectunionny.com.
0: Perfectunionny.com. Okay. Go to the website. Excellent.
1: And then on the website, you can see my email, you can see my phone number, you can send me uh, a, a, you know, a message via a form. So there's tons of ways to contact. Wonderful.
0: You. Well, that's perfect. Well, Hope, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful thing having you here and I appreciate it very, very much. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate it as well.
0: You're quite welcome. And thank the audience, my audience. I thank you for listening to these wonderful stories. And next week we will have another one. Goodbye for now.